0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: We toss and turn, we fret, we worry, we fear. And God's just saying, will you rest and trust? I'm going to fail you? What, I'm going to sleep in? I never sleep or slumber. You think I'm going to like, you know, miscalculate how much manna we need for tomorrow? But I'm going to make a mistake, a mathematical error. I'm not going to have enough
0: for you. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Varag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Jeremiah. In our busy lives, it can be difficult to find times of true rest. When we're constantly being told to work harder and achieve more, where do we find time to recharge? Today, Pastor J.D. illustrates that if you want to find peace in your life, you need to rest in God's promises. Rather than letting worry consume you, be empowered through Jesus. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth
1: this is what I love about this chapter. There's this contrast between those who trust in the Lord and those who turn away from the Lord. Cursed is the man who trusts in man, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. A parched desert, a flourishing tree. This is that contrast. Verse 14, now This is interesting because Jeremiah now is going to cry out to the Lord and pray and ask God for a healing. He says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Now let's not get to verse 15 yet, couple of thoughts here. Healing and or salvation. And we don't know what. Obviously the Holy Spirit did not deem it necessary to give us the details of what He was specifically asking for healing for. And I I believe the reason is because it's not so much what he needed to be healed for, but that he would be healed. Because he says, and I shall be healed. Save me and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Did you catch that? I'm trusting in you. To heal me. I'm trusting in you to save me. My, my, you are my praise. You are my hope. You are my trust. Indeed. Now watch, watch verse 15. They say to me, where is the word of the Lord? Let it come now. I mean, here you've been preaching this doom and gloom. And yet, nothing happens. Where, Where is all of this that you've been proclaiming, the, the word of the Lord? Thus says the Lord. Where is it? You've been telling us this. It's not happening. Boy, I, I feel his pain. But this is such a heartfelt prayer on Jeremiah's part, because he sets himself apart. Again, notice the contrast. Hey, they're not trusting in you. They're not praying to you for healing, salvation. You're not their praise. I am. In fact, they're on the opposite end of the table, persecuting me, which we're going to see, Lord willing, do chapters 18 and 19, because they kind of go together. We're going to see another side to Jeremiah. We'll just get a little bit of a, a, a taste of it. Verse 16, As for me, I have not hurried away from being a shepherd who follows you, nor have I desired the woeful day. You know what came out of my lips. It was right there before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my hope in the day of doom. Whoa, true to form, right? Jeremiah's heart is such that he does not wish for this woeful day of doom and destruction that he's been proclaiming to come upon them. He knows it's coming, even though they mock him. Where is the promise of his coming, First Peter? You've been pro- proclaiming this and saying this, and yet everything goes on as it has before well, my hope is you. Notice he doesn't say, my hope is in you. No, he says, you are my hope in the day of doom. He knows it's coming. They don't think it's coming. They don't believe me, because apparently they're misinterpreting your patience in not willing or wanting for anyone to perish. So you're giving them all this time to repent. We're going to see it again here towards the end of the chapter. But he's giving us this glimpse into his heart that he doesn't want this to happen. He's not going to say to them who said to him, bring it. It's not happening what you're telling us is going to happen. He's basically saying, I'm not going to tell them I told you so. See, I I totally would. I totally would say, I told you so. When it, but not Jeremiah. Jeremiah's like, no, I, I'm not going to do that when it happens. You're my hope in the day of tomb. Now, verse 18, you would think we got a totally different guy that's burst onto the scene and took the pen from Jeremiah's hand and started writing. Let them be ashamed who persecute me, verse 18. But do not let me be put to shame. Let them be dismayed, but do not let me be dismayed. Bring on them the day of doom and and destroy them with double destruction. What? Wait a minute, what happened? Can, can we go back? Because that's what it, it almost, I mean, at first read, would you agree? It, it almost seems like he's contradicting everything he just got done saying and praying. Lord, I don't, I don't want this. I don't wish this. My hope is you in the day of doom. And then, but bring, bring it on and destroy them. And it's not just, Destruction, bring on them double destruction, double down on them, God. Yeah, get them. What, Jeremiah? What happened? What is going on with you? Well, let me explain. I know it seems like it contradicts who Jeremiah is, however, upon closer examination, it reaffirms that he's trusting in God for just judgment. That's what he's saying here. Lord, you're my hope in the day of doom. I know it's coming. And I am putting my trust in you. You're my hope in the day of doom. I'm putting my trust in you to mete out just judgment. Vengeance is mine says the Lord. And we usually stop there. We shouldn't, because he goes on to say, and I will repay. That's what he's saying here. Lord, I'm trusting that you're going to take care of this. I'm trusting that you're going to justly judge this on that day. I'm trusting you. I'm putting my trust in you. Does that help? Verse 19, Thus said the Lord to me, Go and stand in the gate of the children of the people by which the kings of Judah come in, and by which they go out, and in all the gates of Jerusalem, and say to them, Hear the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all Judah, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem who enter by these gates. This is this sound familiar? That's because he's having Jeremiah do it again. Go to the gates where all the people were. Let me see if I can uh, give you a visual here. So all of the people were crowded, kind of bottlenecked. So like here you are standing in line and there's all these people waiting at the entrance to get in you got a pretty captive audience. And then here comes this street preacher that puts up his uh, crate or whatever, and stands up there and starts preaching. What are you going to do? You're going to have to listen, because you're waiting there at the entrance, at the gate, in line, and and you're going to be there for about an hour. So it's going to be a good one hour sermon. So you're not coming to me. I'm going to come to you. And I'm going to go right where all the people are, and I'm going to speak the words. Chapter 1, the Lord has put on my mouth to speak. Verse 21, thus says the Lord. Now this is what he's proclaiming as they're waiting in that very long line. Take heed to yourselves, and bear no burden on the Sabbath day. Now hang on. Nor bring it in by the gates of Jerusalem, nor, verse 22, carry a burden out of your houses on the Sabbath day, nor do any work but hallow the Sabbath day as I commanded your fathers. Okay, now we're going to see more of this in a moment, but I think we need to address this right now. This is not talking about the Sabbath day. It's talking about resting from your works, trusting in the finished work, as we're going to see, of Jesus Christ on the cross, who fulfilled the Sabbath so you can rest from your work. See, they were trusting, not just in man, not in just their heart, not in their riches. They were also trusting in their works. They were trusting in their own works. What, what they would work and earn and merit. This is probably one of the biggest problems we have as Christians in our walk with the Lord. And I'll explain why I say it like that. We think, man, I'm going to try harder. It's not trying, it's trusting. See, because we bought this lie, probably our heart because it deceived us, that somehow we have this meritorious relationship with the Lord, where I have to merit it. And then when I blow it, then I try harder. Harder. I even make promises. Okay, Lord, I I make vows. Oh, God, I... Stop! Stop trying in the energy of your own flesh. Don't, Don't try harder, work harder. No! Trust in His finished work. Don't trust in your works. Enter into that rest. Hebrews tells us there's a rest a rest from works, because we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. He fulfilled the Sabbath. So it's finished. We're going to, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's keep moving here. Got a little excited there. But they did not obey, verse 23, nor incline their ear, but made their neck stiff that they might not hear nor receive instruction. That's deliberate. And it shall be, verse 24, here's God just in His grace and mercy trying again. If you heed me carefully, says the Lord, to bring no burden through the gates of this city on the Sabbath day, but hallow the Sabbath day, to do no work in it. Then shall enter the gates of this city kings and princes, sitting on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses. They and their princes, accompanied by the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and this city shall remain forever. Keyword: if. You heed me carefully. And it's even better than that. They, verse 26, shall come from the cities of Judah and from the places around Jerusalem, from the land of Benjamin and from the lowland, from the mountains and from the south, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices, grain offerings and incense, bringing sacrifices of praise to the house of the Lord, if but, verse 27, if you will not heed me to hallow the Sabbath day, such as not carrying a burden when entering the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire in its gates, and it shall devour palaces of Jerusalem, and it shall not be quenched." Okay, that's how the chapter ends. Why so severe? Because you're rejecting the gift, the rest from works as a foreshadow of the finished work on the cross. You're rejecting Jesus. That's why. See, He's Lord of the Sabbath. He fulfilled the Sabbath. Man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Jesus is the Sabbath rest from our works. It's no longer works. This was all a foreshadow, a type, a prophecy really, to point to the Savior who would come and fulfill the Sabbath. So now we enter into that rest from our works, because we're trusting, trusting in Him. And the finished work on the cross, they rejected that. They rejected it. They were trusting in their own works. And, oh, by the way, they were also trying to get ahead, and opening on Sundays, or let's say Saturdays, whatever. (laughs) They were working seven days a week, just like when the Israelites were gathering the manna. And again, a type, a foreshadow, They were not to gather any manna on the Sabbath, so the Lord would provide enough the day before, so that they didn't have to work on the Sabbath, because that would violate the type. It would ruin the type, the typology. So here are these, and don't be too hard on them, because you would have probably done the same thing. Okay, I probably would have done the same thing. But here's what I would be prone to do. I would think, Wait a minute. Okay, I'm gonna get twice double pay on Friday, but if I just try to sneak on Saturday, I can I can get more. <laughs> and they tried. And you know what happened, right? Turned into maggots. Nice try. Nice try. Oh, I, apparently you're not you're not trusting me. And speaking of the manna, and well, we can rest now. It's no more works. He fulfilled it. It's finished. But think about this with the manna. One last thing. Every night before they went to bed, they had to trust that that next morning when they woke up, there would be manna. Talk about having to trust the Lord. Now, did they do that? Okay, I'll just, again, I'll speak for myself. I go to bed at night going, what if there's not manna tomorrow morning? (laughs) Or how about this, what if I sleep in and there's not enough, or I'm too late, and what if, and what if, and oh, you're not trusting the Lord? You're not trusting the Lord? Because, see, you didn't have enough manna in your bank account for the next month, or, you know, they say have three months, you know, of, you know, your expenses saved away. Well, no, not now you're trusting in that. Nothing wrong with that. You can have that, but does that have you? Are you trusting in that, or are you trusting in the Lord? See, they had to trust God, because they didn't have a reserve. A stockpile. They didn't have tomorrow's manna today. No, they get tomorrow's manna tomorrow. They're just gonna have to trust the Lord for it. But they didn't. They rejected that. They could rest. They could sleep. Just go to bed. Have a good night's sleep. It'll be there in the morning. They're up all night, tossing and turning. Am I getting a little bit too close to home here. Now, I I have to confess, there's times I'll wake up in the middle of the night, and I'll start worrying, and all the what ifs start, and then I can't go back to sleep. So what do you do? Oh, cure for that is start reading the Bible. Satan's like, put that man back to sleep. I don't want him reading the Bible, and I surely don't want him praying. Prayer is so powerful, and Satan knows it. So you start praying, you start reading the Word of God, Satan will bring a drowsiness on you, and puts you back. He doesn't want you doing that. But how how like that are we, if we're honest with ourselves? We toss and turn, we fret, we worry, we fear. And God's just saying, will you rest? And trust? I'm going to fail you? What, I'm going to sleep in? I never sleep or slumber. You think I'm going to like, you know, miscalculate how much manna we need for tomorrow? But I'm going to make a mistake, a mathematical error. I'm not going to have enough for you. Or how about this one, getting back to the merit-based relationship? No, you were a bad boy. You ain't getting any manna. You're in timeout. No manna for you, boy. Till you learn your lesson. No. does oh I'll try harder. No, 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 no. Trust. Trust. Because see, if you try to insert your own efforts and works and try, what are you saying? it's almost hard to even say it, but what you're saying to Jesus is, thank you anyway. I'll do my part, earn my keep. Oh, you will, will you? Oh, I've been a good boy this week, so God's going to be good to me. Oh, I've been a bad boy this week. God's going to, man, that other shoe is going to drop, that heavenly shoe. I'm going to get a licking. Really? Have you ever had it happen where you've sinned and you're thinking God's going to surely just, I mean, that other shoe's going to drop, but instead of the other shoe dropping, God just pours out His grace. You're going, I don't deserve this. I know Because my relationship with you is not based on what you do, your works rest. It's finished. The work is finished.
0: We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Jeremiah is one of those books that's not the easiest to walk through in the Old Testament. It's almost like you see the train wreck that's up ahead and you want to warn them, but they just don't listen. Then you have other verses in this book that are commonly claimed, but what does it really mean in the context of what's going on? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But if you're looking at the train wreck up ahead, you wonder, how does claiming that verse fit with exile and judgment? Ultimately, God's plan and purpose are to bring people back to himself, In reliance and dependence on Him, not in their own possessions or their comfort. The same could be said for you today. You may be going through something that seems like judgment or exile, but are you drawing closer to the Lord in the process? There's a future and a hope, but it may play out differently than you'd like. If you're just getting into this study and want to listen to other teachings from Jeremiah, go to com to find these messages. There are a variety of additional resources on our website. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and then come back for our next edition where Pastor J.D. will continue on in the book of Jeremiah. We look forward to that time with you here on In Spirit and Truth.